Welcome to the other 420. And it's not the 420 you think it is. I'm Sue. And I'm Jill. And our show is about how someone in their 40s and 20s are navigating this crazy world together as Korean American professional women trying to figure out what is happening in our lives. So come join us for the ride. Welcome, listeners, to our third episode. I'm really proud of us that we have been able to uh, continue this weekly. I'm Sue. I'm Jill. And welcome to the other 420, episode three. How has this week been for you? It's been good. I think after our last episode on dating, I have been doing a lot of reflecting, listening back to that episode. What about you? You celebrated your anniversary with Jim. I did. And you asked me, what did you do? And I told you that right now, I think with three kids, our day to day, because I think our anniversary was on Monday. It was on a Monday. So for us, Monday means uh, the start of a new school week, the start of homework and studying for tests and projects. So squeezing in a nicer than usual dinner is something that I think what we can celebrate on our 19th wedding anniversary. I mean, I think for us, we want to find moments where we can just enjoy each other. But for school days, it's a little bit different. But 19 years, I tell you, I can't even imagine being with somebody for five years, but 19. I know we went through this activity of going through every year and... The crazy thing is how quick everything is, like from one year to the next. And it really is a blur, um, especially when I think about our oldest, who is 11 and a half. And when he was first born to our youngest, who is five, how quickly the days go by, the years mm-hmm. go by. So where will we be in another 19 years? Um, yeah, my kids will all be grown and... That will really be different because we will be just back to, we dated and were married for a long time before we had our kids. So I think we'll go ahead and go back to that and we'll have these amazing fancy anniversary celebrations. But right now, um, our anniversary, if it lands on a school night, is all about the kids. All about the kids. And funny thing, what Jim said when you guys were going through each year and you mentioned your firstborn son, he said... When the oldest one was born, that those were the easy days, and then the dark ages came. When the second and the third one came, and then me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like um, you don't know what you don't know. And mm-hmm. as the kids grow up and they become their own people and you have bigger, different problems, it really does make it sometimes dark days, sometimes really enjoyable days, but... Um, I think for a lot of the listeners who have kids, those first few years are just always so um, blurry. You're always so tired and Mm -hmm. um, you feel like you can never have a moment. I think we have a lot more moments of quiet and peace, but um, we also have a lot more bigger problems that we need to support our kids through. So I know we're going to have a separate episode on what does it mean to raise kids Mm -hmm. now versus... um, when we were younger, or maybe even when you start um, having kids and raising them, it's definitely a different ride. Yeah. What did you, you said you had some big ahas. What were your big ahas about dating? 
big ahas. It's funny because somebody who heard our podcast, they said a comment, and you know me, I was really thinking about it. She said, Oh, I think you're thirsty. I said, Thirsty? I know I'm needy, but thirsty, that's a whole nother ball game. And I remember texting all my friends, and I even texted you, Hey, do you think I'm thirsty? Like, be for real. But I think I did real I came to the realization that you know what I am needy. I am a needy person and I have to be okay with it and I have to find a partner who again is not an LA boy but will put up with my neediness. That's what I've reflected. Well, on. I told you I don't think you're thirsty. I just think you're shallow. Like the yes. boy that you want, you want them to look like a K-drama star. I love that. And then you want to latch on to them. So then I guess it kind of seems like you're thirsty (laughs) versus just uh, needy. I feel like definitely the type of guy you like may maybe helps shape how you behave with them. Yes. Or how people view you with them. Because I've dated also people that don't look like the K-drama stars and I wasn't really fully, not fully invested, but I was very independent. I didn't need to spend a lot of time with him. I wasn't very anxious attached in that relationship, but I guess the more handsome they look, the more I do cling on and I want to spend more time. So that's what I reflected on. I am a needy person and no more LA, no more K-drama boys. You say that, but then the first one you see, you're obsessed with. Yes. Um, I think... It will be interesting to see, because the LA boys are really uh, attractive mm-hmm. and seem glamorous. But I wonder as you, you know, get older, if the things that you want to do with your partner look different. Yes, and for our listeners who have been keeping me accountable, I did go to the gym again this week at six a.m. and I found somebody who I really like. But you showed me. The secret picture you took of him, he kind of looks like an L.A. boy, no? Yes. He is very cute looking. He's very tall. But I have a good feeling about him. Well, we'll see. I mean, the real question is, um, how are you going to get his attention? That's true. You see, and this is another example of me being needy. I, I already yeah, thirsty, thirsty sounds better, no? <sighs> I guess I am thirsty. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but today's topic that we thought we would talk about is not um jill's love life and where she is for dating but we'll keep our listeners updated every week because i think um, we don't want one day for the listeners to find out that jill has a boyfriend we'll we'll go through that Mm -hmm. journey together but i think today's episode we wanted to focus on mother-daughter relationship because i think for both of us We are both daughters, um, and you are a mother, so you have that perspective. But I think last week, I got into a little argument with my mom, and I was telling you about it, and you said, hey, that'd be a good topic for our next podcast. Well, I also think that um, mother-daughter dynamics are tricky, um, Mm -hmm. regardless of your culture or how you were raised, but I think um, for us as Korean-American women with, uh, you know, first generation mothers who came here not speaking the language um, and then having daughters who are successful and assimilated in a lot of ways. 
um, can make it difficult at times or just complex. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, what is your relationship with your mom and what does it look like? Well, and I think it's so funny because, um, and I think all our listeners who have kids who have their moms, you know, who are lucky to still have their moms around, know that the dynamic changes completely when your mother becomes a grandmother. Mm. But I would say that I have, um, it's so funny because my mom has two sisters and her mom had three sisters Mm. and I have a sister. So we are very heavily female oriented relationship in my family because I do think that kind of lays that dynamic right Mm -hmm. and so um is a so I have one older sister and no brothers so basically it's the three of us that had you know three against one and my mom she came to this country at a very um young age at like 21 Mm. with a Um, or no 23 because she had my sister at 21 in Korea had me at 22 and then she came here with two babies at 23 and didn't speak any English and for 40 years basically hustled in LA um, and worked really hard and established um, a lot of businesses and some did well and some didn't and she definitely was the driver of setting up my sister and myself to be successful now um so she's worked really hard uh and i think when you look at um back then in like the late 70s early 80s people who uh, immigrated here from korea they were either um like professionals who then came here and had to take on like owning small businesses Mm -hmm. or there were some that were like academic based and they continued to be doctors or lawyers or engineers here but a a lot of them were like my mom where they came here and had to basically become small business owners and do things that they were not accustomed to like running little stores or liquor stores Mm -hmm. or laundromats and things like that so you know for her they kind of lived that American dream Mm -hmm. and so they raised us and really she had to work so much and so you know, in some ways we were lucky because she wasn't that tiger Mm mom-ish. Like she didn't push, you have to go to a certain college or you have to have this kind of job. She gave us a lot of choice and independence. And I think because for her, it was a lot about survival and making money and doing those things. So she um, gave us all that freedom to make our own choices and decisions, which I think helped us not have to worry about trying to fit a certain mold now as adults, because I do feel like my sister and I are very content with our careers and our mm-hmm. lives, and I think it's because we didn't fit anybody's, you know, idea of what you should, what success looks like. But that being said, um, besides the three years my husband and I spent living in the Bay Area, I would say that we've always lived like less than thirty minutes away from her, mm-hmm. and she now lives five minutes away from us and is really an involved grandmother Mm -hmm. she would come every day make them breakfast and um 
you know, make them lunch. And she did all those things that she didn't do when we were younger. So Mm -hmm. in that way, um, it's really nice because I, I do think that kids should have other adults that they really love and trust besides their own parents. So Mm -hmm. we feel fortunate that we have her, but, um, I think for me, she and I always got along and it was my sister and her that would kind of butt heads and go at it. But now that I have kids, I feel like it's flipped. I'm Mm -hmm. more, I have less patience for her Mm -hmm. because she has a lot of, in Korean, it's chanzori. Yeah. It's, you know, translates to nagging, but I feel like it fits more. The Korean word chanzori really explains a Korean mom. Did you talk to your mom a lot when you were younger? Like if you were having friendship conflict or going through something, did you feel like you could tell your mom and come to her with all that? No, you know, my mom growing up, I think until like I was, gosh, I would say mid-20s, I felt like was working all the time. Mm -hmm. She literally worked, you know, 15, 16 hours a day. I do feel fortunate that um, I had a sister Mm -hmm. because I could go to my sister for that kind of relationship. But I think that um, she worked so much that... I learned how to problem solve those things on my own. Mm -hmm. But I do have to say that even though she worked so much, my mom, you could, she always felt loved. Mm -hmm. Like she was the type of mom that always like hugged you or kissed you, those kinds of things, which is, um, you know, we felt loved even if we didn't see her or even if she picked us up really late at Mm -hmm. after school, like two hours late because she was working. I know. Did she say often, I love you, those words? Or do you think she showed or expressed it more in different other ways? I think she was, she's more physical. So she would like hug us. Hmm. But I never really thought about, like I know growing up, I know a lot of people my age who have complex relationships with their parents Mm -hmm. um, because of the culture, because of language and because of all of those things luckily for us our parents were very loving because mm-hmm. um, I always have to remind people that the Korean War was from 1950 to 1952 it's a very recent mm-hmm. and so for my parent my parents generation they were born either right after the war or doing the war mm-hmm. and so the Korea that we see now that's all on the you know that everybody wants to visit and travel. Yeah. That's not the Korea that they grew up in. Mm -hmm. So people have trauma. So I feel fortunate that I don't have that kind of complex um, relationship. And I feel like she's changed a little bit with me having kids. She's Mm -hmm. a little less focused on me and more just focused on, you know, helping with the kids. Yeah. And I think for my mom, actually, my oldest brother, his him and my sister-in-law they're having their first baby in january so my mom is also going to become a grandmother so i'm interested in seeing kind of how she changes and evolves you know into a grandma i know but that relationship and dynamic is so different because it's not her daughter right that's true and so that's her it's her um it's her son's wife Mm -hmm. and your sister-in-law her mom lives really close by yeah she's close by too So I think that dynamic will kind of, you know, make it different. So I know daughter-in-laws especially, they can't have any chanzori. Yes. That's like, but your mom's not a person that 
No, my mom, I think I've told you, she's very accommodating to my sister-in-law. Like anything that she wants, she always thinks of her, um, especially during her pregnancy. You know, if we have dinner planned, it's like, okay, what's the best time for her? What does she want to eat? Is she craving anything? So she is very accommodating because I think she's just thankful that she married my brother. And thank goodness we got rid of him. I know. I feel like um, our moms are actually very different uh, in a lot of ways because Mm -hmm. she's more the person, the homekeeper, and the one that actually accommodates more to your dad. Whereas yeah. I feel like my mom's more of like the alpha, the go-getter, the one that kind of dictates what happens. Yeah, my family. mom is definitely not the alpha. And I think she has it ingrained in her mind that in the household, our dad is the main, right? Like he is the father. Um, and I think that also comes from my dad also being a pastor and her being like a hamunin because it's always her role is to support my dad, her role is to always to support, you know, his ministry and the church. And she's always in the background doing whatever. But my relationship with my mom is interesting now. And when I see it from when I was younger to now, I think more she's become my friend and my sister. Whereas before, she was also working a lot because my dad was always focused on the church or always working and my mom she always watched kids growing up because we came to the states when I was four and my mom was a teacher back in Korea but her credentials didn't kind of transfer to America and my mom didn't have the time to go get schooling or even learn English as soon as we came to the states we it was survival mode for us too like we had to earn money Um, So she was always working and sometimes even throughout my childhood, she would have to go live somewhere else um, to even provide for us. And so I think about it, my childhood, and I know my mom was there, but she wasn't the mom to have snacks waiting for me if I came home. Um, She would come home at night and cook us dinner, but she wasn't also the mom to like tuck us into bed. We were all very independent And I think that's with my brothers too. We are all so focused on taking care of ourselves. And so, but my mom, similar to you, she was always in the background doing things to make sure that we were taken care of, right? Um, So I remember you were telling me about your latest breakup and how you were so sad. Yes. And your mom comforted you. And um, the line where you told me you think she's a hidden feminist right? Yes. I was really surprised by it because I think now that I'm in my twenties and she, we've actually been able to have like real conversations. Whereas I think back in elementary school, middle school, and even high school, even we didn't have real conversations. There was still kind of like a gap and a separation. And I didn't want to tell my mom certain things, but now I am much open to my mom. I still don't tell her everything. There's still some things I keep hidden from her, but I've been telling her about it because I think there was just a comfort in telling my mom that I was going through a rough time. And I was telling her, you know, sometimes I, I just want to feel that love and that experience with maybe a partner. And she was pretty understanding. And, but she was saying, you know, like, you have all these good traits, you know, I want you to feel um, 
self-worth from it within you and I want to see how I want you to see how great you are um but yeah she was really like uplifting me and I'm like wow she understands where I'm coming from whereas before I felt like she would have been like why are you thinking that way focus on your studies yada 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 but now she is more empathetic and understanding well I mean you're an adult now right Mm -hmm. you are um you have a job you provide you know support for her Mm -hmm. you're in a different place and so she sees you like that and I think it's also you know you have two older brothers and I think about I have two sons and then my youngest is a daughter and I do feel like even though she's five we have a very different relationship than I have with the boys I feel Mm -hmm. like I have a lot more one-on-one time with her we do more things together when I say who wants to go to Trader Joe's with me she's the she's the only one that wants to go because she wants to put she likes spending that time and so you do have this different relationship when you have two older brothers for sure I know and I think now she's become more of my sister and my friend and I think similar to what you said you always ask me on Sundays you know what are you doing and I said I'm always taking my mom to Trader Joe's or taking my mom to home goods so with that like we spend quality time together whereas I think my brothers they take care of her and provide for her maybe through like buying her something she needs or giving them money and I always, I also like give her money and allowance and I threaten to take it away when she does something that I don't want her to do. But I do like take her to get her pedicures and I do other things and she's more open to me. And I think now, now that I am 25, like if she's going through a hard time, she's honest with me. You know, she, she tells me, you know, there's times when I feel really lonely, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have a lot of friends or this week, mm-hmm. you know, it was really hard for me. And so I also feel comfort that she can come to me and tell me those things because also like she she doesn't have any friends here really and she was so focused on taking care of us and the church and thankfully she has a good relationship with her mom my grandma and they talk every day but I also like that she sees me as you know a friend as well. I know we talked about this because when you get married, it's not going to change. But mm-hmm. you saw how your brother got married and it's changed completely. Yeah. Um, and I think that is one of the complexities of a mother-daughter relationship. I think what you and I have in common is that we've talked about, have we gotten in really big fights with our moms? Mm-hmm. And I, I think, for me, I don't remember any because... One, my mom, uh, she never was the one, she never told us how to live our life. Yeah. She never told us what college to go to, what job to have, what to major in. She very much let us pick and choose those things. So I never felt like I had a mom that was very controlling. I think the things that we argue about is very normal, especially at, at she's a grandmother and I'm a mom. So it's mm-hmm. about, you know it's too cold, make sure they wear a jacket. Or how come you don't cut her hair? It's so long. Or make sure they they eat this fruit and not this. So it's more about the kids. And so it is more chanzori than it is fighting. Mm -hmm. So I would say for sure we don't have major fights. And I think that for us, we give them a lot of grace because we know that they went through a lot. So it's not fair to think, well... How come they're not like this, especially when we see our American counterparts? Mm -hmm. 
But also, you and I can both agree that we were loved. Yeah. Whatever, however that looked like for each of us, we felt loved. Yeah, I never felt like I wasn't loved. And going back to the topic of fights, similarly to you, the fights that I have with my mom are are about very small things, but I can think of our biggest fight that happened last year or maybe it was two years ago when she asked me to tutor these two girls or it was tutor and babysit these two girls that she knew through a distant friend. And I said, hey, I didn't want to do that. I'm really busy and I just don't have the capacity to do it. And she said, you know what? Like, please do it for me. It's not that big of a deal. It'll only be a couple hours a week. And I kind of drew my boundaries and I said, no, I don't want to do it. And then she reacted in a way of, you know what? Fine. Like I was thinking of you and I know you needed money at that time because I was in grad school. And she said, I, I did it for you, but if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. Then I'm never going to help you again. And then we got in this big argument and then I even went to my brother and I was trying to get my brother on my side, but as always, my second brother he is such a mama's boy. He will always be on my mom's side. And through that fight, I felt like my mom didn't see me or didn't see it from my perspective. So I remember we actually didn't talk for a couple of days. And at that time, I think I was getting therapy. I was um, I was in it. And I talked I know, to my you therapist. Love the therapy. I love therapy. If okay. it's free therapy, you I'll do it. it. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Doesn't anything. matter the credentials. No. And you know, I think that's a topic for another day, but I've had therapists just lay on their bed with their cats laying around. But I told my therapist about it and she said, I think it's really important for you to set your boundaries, but also be open with your mom. And so I had a conversation and I said, I know your intent was for me. It's because you thought of me and you want me to have these opportunities, but I, re- I didn't want to do it for X, Y, and Z. And actually, that was the first conversation where we had um, just an honest like back and forth where she told me her side, I told her my side, and she actually apologized. So I think now we are more understanding and empathetic towards each other. Well, I think that's really progressive of her because I think culturally in the Korean culture, it's you do what your parent asks you to do. Mm-hmm. And that's something where if the parent can reflect and actually, because I think that statement of you need to set your boundaries Mm -hmm. is something that somebody who's not Korean would say. Yes. And it is a very second generation thing, right? And my mom is very first generation. So it is a hard concept for her. And the thing is, I understand, but I think for me, it was really important for me to set my boundaries because I am a daughter that will do everything for my mom but at that moment I didn't have the capacity to take it on but actually I ended up doing it because I always end up doing what my mom wants but I also was I like that I was open about my boundaries with her well I think that's another example of just you and I we have better relationships with our moms and we don't necessarily look at our um come of our shortcomings or Mm -hmm. we don't blame them for our own areas of of concern as adults because i know plenty of people my age who have a lot of trauma from their relationship with their moms Mm -hmm. 
but um, I don't, and it, it's always about, and I, and I would never take away their, what they felt because that's their truth. But I do think that, you know, um, we don't always see it in the lens of this person who immigrated to a new country mm -hmm. in order to survive and they didn't have all the best parenting skills. They didn't have the tools that equipped them to, to be that mom that we saw on TV. Yeah. And I think a lot of kids hope they wish that they had. Um, and that's what now, as adults, we have to repair those relationships before it's too late. Mm -hmm. But I think at the end of the day, I can tell you know how much you love your mom and how we take care of our moms in different ways and they also love us and they take care of us but I'm excited to see kind of how my relationship with my mom changes as I grow older and if I'm when I'm in my 30s and when I have a husband and when I have kids you know how that dynamic has changed like how it has for you I think for my mom she has more empathy Mm -hmm. She doesn't ask us to do more things or um, she's very aware of just how much we do to uh, support our kids and just live, right? And so she's always um, trying to make it easier. And it's those moments that I get annoyed by her, right? It's like mm -hmm. when she comes and cooks dinner um, and brings all the ingredients but then leaves a big mess. Mm -hmm. So I've actually learned, it used to bother me a lot, but I've actually learned now to just clean it. You know, it's just because that, you know, getting upset about the mess takes away from the fact that she came and is here cooking a meal for my family. So I think as you get older, or at least me as I get older and I have my kids get older, I view my mom in a more appreciative mo uh, manner. Doesn't mean that I won't get annoyed, mm -hmm. but I just learn how to channel my annoyance. Um, because they're not going to be around forever. Yeah, and I think after doing this episode and having this conversation about mother-daughter relationships, you know what? I think I'm going to be nicer to my mom tomorrow. I know. I say <laughs> that all the time until they say something, and then it and then, then it goes all we have to start over all over again. But you know, I think that the complexity of a mother-daughter relationship, and especially when you have uh, your mom grew up in a different culture or country than you it definitely impacts um your current life for yeah. sure yeah but at the end of the day what would we do without our moms i i agree completely so hopefully our listeners were able to relate to some of the things we talked about and uh thank you for listening to us please share our podcast with anyone that you think might be um interested i think we we're shocked that we actually have some listeners yeah but we'll be back next week. Bye.